You're listening to the Wool Academy podcast. This is episode number 91. Hello and welcome. My name is Elizabeth van Delden and once a week we talk to an industry expert from the wool industry supply chain from farm to fashion and beyond, delivering strategies and insights to be successful in wool and showcasing those beautiful stories wool has to tell. Hi, just a short heads up. Today's episode is a rerun of episode number 55, which aired in November of last year. It's an, my interview with Ben Watts, and I really thought this was a very interesting one. So I hope you don't mind me reposting this one. Enjoy. Today, I'm honored to be talking to Ben Watts. Ben has been working in the merino industry over the past 25 years. In this time, Ben has managed sheep farms for corporate businesses. Up until 2005, when he and his wife Fiona purchased their second farm and began to focus on utilizing automation. In the past two years, Ben has incorporated the use of drones to track stock, monitor water and measure pasture growth. This has provided a new level of automated monitoring to assist in management of sheep farms. Ben will tell us all about the technology that can help in managing sheep today on the show. Welcome Ben, I'm excited to be talking to you today. How are you? Yeah, very well, Elizabeth. Thanks for having me along. Yeah, thanks as well. And despite we're going to talk about technology, we did have technology failure this this morning or your afternoon, but now we hope all goes well. Um, let's get started by you introducing yourself a little bit more than what I just said about yourself and tell us about the work that you do in the wool industry. Yeah, so my background has always been from a production end. We run a group of uh, commercial wool producing farms here in New South Wales in Eastern Australia. But over the last uh, 10 years, really, we've been also focusing on developing technology and automation to help us be number one, better at running our farms and looking after our stock. And number two, it's uh, good for business. It helps us be more efficient in the way that we run our operations and just increases our efficiencies. And before we talk a little bit more about the technologies that you use, can you give us a little bit more information about your farm in general? Yeah, so our farms that we run are based uh, in between Orange and Dubbo in central west New South Wales and we're a seed stock operation. So we produce uh, mainly stud rams or rams for our commercial clients to use on their operations and the operations that we run here are aimed at two parts of the wool industry one we have a super fine operation really targeting that uh, 15 to 16 and a half micron end of the market and we've uh, been working on that bloodline for many many years and then more recently just in the last five years we've also on our second property started running a, uh, a dual purpose or a 21 micron flock which is more because that property is more in the western area of here it's hotter and flatter and the the sheep the bigger uh, stronger wool sheep tend to just do better um, coping with that country and it's really more open that country so if you can imagine big open paddocks where the sheep have to walk further to for their feed and their water um, certainly our super fine property is 
are steeper and smaller where where sheep are able to really don't have to travel far to um, to get around their their day to day. So if I'd have to imagine your two farms would one have like a lot of green pastures and grass and the other one more um, scrubs and and less yeah. grass patches. Yeah, okay. definitely. Our yeah, our our super fine start. If you imagine, you know, nice soft green country with rich soils and uh, sheep that really uh, live live a life of luxury. Really beautiful soft country with a higher rainfall, and then yeah, the other farm drier and and more scrub and uh, less romantic conditions. But it's I guess you would uh, describe it as lower rainfall and getting into the more open pastoral type environment. Okay, good. Thanks for clarifying that. And so, but I understand you you are focused on growing wool, but then another side of your business now is also focused on the automation. So you kind of have like two feet you're standing on or what would be the different income streams for your business? Yeah, definitely. Our business is really built around three income streams. One is uh, just straight sheep and wool production. Uh, the second part is education. So we do education and extension for other grower groups who want to learn more about uh, how they run their operations, but mainly around how they incorporate uh, technology into it. And now the third part is actually in that technology space. So We've in collaboration with uh, some other companies here in Australia. We've developed a uh, connectivity solution on farms using what's called LoRaLAN, uh, low power wide area network radio, um, but also drones. Uh, we've we started using just off the shelf consumer drones, trying to solve solutions around. How could we send an autonomous drone to go and check stock and check water and, and check our pastures? And we very quickly found that in agriculture, because we cover such large areas, the consumer drones available just didn't have the range or the capacity to do what it was we wanted to do. So we put together a team that's now building specialized UAVs or drones to actually allow us as farmers and any of our clients who want to come into this stream to have autonomous drones that can do some of that day-to-day -day, um, dull and boring work. So that allows us to have more time to uh, get on with the important things in our business. Okay, now we're already deeply involved in, in the technology. So let's, let's continue on that path. So maybe I think when we already imagine that you have to manage two farms and they seem to be quite in distance away from each other as the countryside is different on both of them. So maybe let's begin at that kind of what farmers nowadays need to accomplish in a day's time and how then the different technologies that you were experimenting with then help you. Yes, yeah, so the biggest uh, task that we use them for is the jobs that take up so much time but often aren't, um, aren't really effective or, or aren't a good use of our time are things like checking waters or checking pasture because to drive around and do a, a water check on any 
Um, average Australian farm easily consumes between three hours, maybe half a day of time, let alone fuel of a vehicle and just wasted time and driving over areas that maybe we don't need to be. What we've been using drones for is if we can send them out and they know uh, where they need to travel. So they've got a set of waypoints and they just leave the homestead or the workshop and then fly out and check uh, water troughs, windmills, uh, tanks, uh, and the dams where our, our stock are watering, what they're doing is they're providing a live feed of that straight back to a base station so we can be at the workshop doing, you know, just base things from there. And number one, it covers that area and gives us an aerial view without disturbing the stock. And often checking waters is something that nine times out of ten you check them and they're fine so if they were fine it's really not a great use of time if we're driving around um, but the other part is if we do need to do something an aerial shot gives us a great uh, visual snapshot of what's going on out in the field and what we found is by doing that we still are always going around cleaning waters and uh, you know, pumping water but we know where we need to be doing that instead of maybe driving around a whole farm three times a week when we would prefer to just know which troughs need to be cleaned and which pumps need to be started. So they're really just uh, making it more efficient. And the other handy part for us on our steeper country is it's um, much safer for a drone to be flying through the air than maybe one of us to be driving a ute or riding a motorbike through the bush to get to those points. And besides drones, I think you also have other technologies that you were um, experimenting with. I, th I remember you showed once a video where sheep were walking over a weight, a scale, and you were measuring their body weight, etc. Can you explain that? Yeah, so we've also been refining what's called the walkover way system. It's really a simple a mechanical system of a way scale or a way platform, slightly longer than a normal platform. And our sheep all have a radio frequency ID tags in their ear. So when they walk over that platform as they move through their grazing area, we have a, a gate uh, coming into where they camp at night, and they're not forced to walk through it or they're not locked in it. But when they just walk over that platform, It reads their ID off their ear tag and then it uh, takes their body weight and records it. And what that does is it, number one, gives us a uh, roll call of which animals have walked through the device in that day. Number two, we can monitor those body weights without actually having to take the animals out of their grazing environment. And we can monitor for healthy, happy animals if they're maintaining or slightly increasing weight for young growing animals. We know that they're happy and healthy and uh, it just gives us that really useful early warning system that if an animal suddenly starts to lose uh, 20 or 50 grams a day, something's going on that we couldn't see visually and then if we chose to, we can give it a draft command and next time that animal goes through a draft gate, we'll just uh, spear them off to another paddock to one side where they can be treated. Yeah, even you said that you could divide them into different pastures depending on what kind of feed they needed um, and what kind of nutrients. Is that how I understood it correctly as well? 
Yeah, absolutely, because often animals will all be happy to live together as one mob, but those animals maybe that are uh, lactating for twin lambs or they're just at a different stage of production, if they need more feed, we can have it set so that when they go through, it'll identify them and tip them into a feed paddock, and then once they've had enough of that feed and they want to rejoin their mob, they can just go back through another gate back to the main mob and it's sometimes quite funny to watch animals going through where you'll have the ones that are you know, big, plump, round animals that love the idea of food and they're following their skinny mate because they know that she's allowed into the feed paddock. But the system works well and it always uh, manages to put the right animals into the right spot. But we've also learnt a lot about uh, animal psychology by doing this and it's um, sometimes it's incorporating some basic uh, animal behavior along with this technology that's what's allowing us to get this gear working and the current system we've got in a paddock with our ewes and lambs at the moment is collecting about six and a half thousand records a day all automatically so that means that uh, every animal in that one group is being weighed uh, eight to ten times a day but the beauty is by getting regular weights, it's more accurate, but we're not having to do any of the work. And what it does is it just sends back that data set twice a day to uh, to our cloud server where we can just log on and uh, check how the animals are going. And also, I think what you mentioned earlier, that it's actually better for the animals if they are just left um on their own because and not and have so much interaction with humans because that's more in their nature so it's also from an animal welfare perspective better for the sheep yeah it's great if we don't have to go and muster animals out of the grazing environment where they're happy and content because we know that if we we go and interfere and bring them in It just takes them off their feed and the more we do that, the more we uh, limit their production. So we always think happy, healthy animals in the paddock doing it for themselves is best. And people sometimes look at it and say, oh, we we don't know how though to get an animal to do that. How did you convince them? But it's all about animals are repetitive and love uh, love the same things. So the lambs actually learn to walk over this because they're following their mother And she's learnt over time that this device isn't going to do anything other than just weigh her. So in actual fact, what happens when you find a group of lambs on a nice sunny morning and they're down, instead of just running around, jumping and pronking around, chasing each other in the grass, they're actually getting in a big group and running across this device because it beeps every time it reads their ear tag. So you end up with these massive data sets where the lambs are actually trying to weigh themselves because they think it's a game because it's this thing that their mum walks through. So like all little kids do, they always want to do what the big ones do. So it's um, it's something that it's good to see that the animals are happy to be around it and we don't have to force them towards it. <laughs> That's funny that they see it as a game. I like that. <laughs> and also, are you because all sheep have an ear tag, do you also monitor kind of their behavior in general, like where they walk, how they move, or what else can you do with these ear tags? Yes, so our latest work with ear tags has actually gone the next step, and we're using what's called dead reckoning. So we have three towers 
emitting uh, a radio signal and they can actually locate where the ear tag is from that signal to within about 20 metres. So we can, number one, we can check that all of the animals are present. What we can also do is we can monitor their grazing patterns, where they are. We can even, uh, now we can set alerts. So we can say, tell me if something all of a sudden uh, seems to be out of whack or the animals are doing something that they normally uh, wouldn't have. And it's only just really come out in the last couple of days. It's been announced uh, a new program or a new set of uh, ear tags that we're trialling from Quantified Ag. And what they can do is not only tell us where the animal is, it's actually got an accelerometer in it. So it's really like a Fitbit watch uh, for a sheep in their ear. And it can also help us with some of the animal's movements, behaviours, uh, it even takes a temperature, so if an animal uh, starts to become sick outside of the tolerances that have been set in the sensors on the ear tag, it will send a message back and it will tell us where the animal is and uh, what the condition is that we should be looking for. And by just getting a better handle of how animals are behaving in the, in the pastures without us having to be there interfering, number one, if they're happy, we can stay out of their way and that uh, improves their production. Number two, we always want to know are they happy and healthy and if we get an early warning that something's up, we can uh, go and get those animals and treat them for whatever treatment they may need so that we're dealing with it uh, much earlier. And look, in a commercial operation, um, happy, healthy animals are what every farmer wants because uh, they're the ones that do the best for us. But now let's also talk about the costs involved. Obviously, if you tag each sheep and you have to have all these transponders etc there's also a big investment so do you see that paying off or what do you tell farmers who are looking to invest yes so it's like all improvements in technology there's always an upfront cost but what we found for our business we've only really rolled out this next stage of technology within the past 12 months and it certainly is a is a straight up cost and uh, Laura gateways and our connectivity can be anywhere from two thousand to ten thousand dollars per site or per gateway uh, and then by the time we put other sensors in and ear tags we can very quickly have spent uh, $25,000 and then if you add a $5,000 drone on top, you can say, well, $30,000 plus some labor time, suddenly we've spent $40,000. But what we've found is we've improved our productivity by more than that cost in the first year due to two parts. One is because we're more efficient because we're not wasting time doing those repetitive repetitive jobs uh we're actually spending our time where it's better for the business and generating uh, more productivity or more income and the other part is because we've got a better handle on monitoring our stock and a much better handle on our production we're actually getting more production out of our stock so The return on investment comes through two parts, partly through efficiencies, 
but more so because we've been able to improve our productivity off the animals that we're running. And I have uh, a lot of farmers who say to me, is it worthwhile? And I always ask the question, if you would be happy to buy a $50,000 tractor because it makes your work easy, um, maybe you should think about asking the question, would you spend $50,000 if it would make on this other technology, if it would make our livestock operation easier? And everyone has to ask that question for themselves. They're all different, but certainly for our business, bringing in this technology for our farm has uh, certainly made our our operation more profitable um, by being more productive. I think I have to think of um, a saying in business that goes, "It's you now have the time to work on your business instead of working in your business. So you also probably have, you say, yeah, you're not wasting time with driving around, but you can actually do more strategic things and, and so on. So I think that's also very Absolutely. Valuable. Mm. And another, the really important thing with that, Elizabeth, you're spot on because through connectivity, if I'm away from the farm doing other jobs, I can still be watching what's going on on the farm. And you're so right there. We can then be looking at if seasonal conditions are changing or stock are doing better than we thought. We can be out there in the marketplace, you know, forward selling wool or forward selling sheep because we know how well they're doing. And, and that's where the advantages are. And is it difficult to then learn and set this all up? And I, I mean, also just looking at so much data, is, is there a need for a big learning curve or how does that work? Yeah, it, getting our heads around how we set it up is not such a big uh, issue. We're, we've done some collaborating with the spatial department here in Australia who help us with understanding the shape of our land and where we where we should be putting some of these system components in. Uh, and then the other part with using big data, we tried to manage raw data in a uh, database for a while and that very, very, very quickly um, showed that we didn't want to actually see raw data. So what we've done through the farm decision tech platform we've created a dashboard where all of the raw data goes up into the clouds for analysis and it actually just reports back to us through a really simple dashboard that we can view on a ipad or on our phone or we can have a look at a, a more in-depth version on in the uh in the office on the computer but it's really just about we want to be able to just drop and drag on a phone so that when we're out doing our jobs, it's uh, easily accessible and we really just want to see trend charts or a summary of all of that data. And to be honest, I, I try not to get caught up in big numbers because at the end of the day when we're running an operation, it's really about are we on track or are we trending one way or another and the only uh, real numbers I want to see are the outliers that I need to go and deal with. Otherwise, um, It makes it so much easier when we can just consume that information on our phone. And would that also be something you're, you and your team are helping other farmers with, setting things up and understanding how everything works? Yeah, absolutely. So the Farm Decision Tech team also involves Department of Primary Industries New South Wales and they've been a key in this part in helping uh, train or inform other people on 
how this system works and they're the ones who've really got the capacity and they've helped us get our heads around that learning and and also helped us understand why this information is important and what we find is farmers helping farmers is probably the best way uh, we had a, a grower here the other day who spent a day with us just seeing how it worked and and it's also having somebody where you can in the paddock show them if it's not working this is how we fix it because it's uh, just like owning a car some days it does exactly what it should and other days it's a little bit naughty <laughs> yeah i can imagine and is there also do you see also an application for this technology technology to somehow also connect to the point of retail or are there data that can be used you know also to educate consumers or to inform consumers is there something in that direction yeah i think that uh, through this ag tech space where we've now got other sensors in the paddock along with our sheep so we've got sensors that are measuring soil moisture and temperature and how much grass there is and how quickly it's growing But we've even got uh, live feed cameras that we use uh, to monitor some of our areas. Whether or not consumers want to see that at a retail point and whether within our supply chain there's enough uh, relationships being built now maybe that we could use that to supply that information through to the consumer end. I'd be really interested to uh, keep on exploring that. We're working with a couple of partners around that. I guess the question is uh, how do we share that information of live feeds and, and the production information around our operations and how that's um, paired up with, say, a garment that's got a swing tag on a, uh, on a shelf in the Northern Hemisphere That's all yet to be uh, the fine details be worked out, but we're pretty excited about it. We think that potentially it offers a, uh, a streamlined access to that information of production that, you know, if we can link it right through to where a consumer can just scan a barcode and log in and see a live feed of the farm where, where their wool was growing, we think that would be pretty exciting. Mm, that does sound exciting. But is, tell me, are there also some challenges that yet to have to be overcome? Yeah, look, probably one of our biggest challenges that we're all still trying to work with here in regional Australia is connectivity because we know that the sensors and the, the systems and the data work, we can do all of that, but it's Just getting that connection where we can have a reliable transfer of larger amounts of data, and especially when we get up into live video feeds out of a paddock, that type of thing. And I think that we've got some interesting trials that have been run over the last couple of years, and they're into their, their final stages, ready to go commercial. Um, But if we're really going to be genuine about uh, automating some of this and automating the information flow, it's going to be something that we all need to keep on working on into the future is that uh, real connectivity that gives us that ability for larger data packets and even that um, you know, the ultimate challenge is can we get it to a point where we've got a, um, a constant uh, live feed that it That'd be uh, magic for us. 
Yeah, that would be amazing. I, I agree. And if, but if you like, despite the challenges that you see at the moment, what do you think will agriculture and, and sheep farming in particular look like in the next five to 10 years in regards of all the fast developments that we have in technology? Uh, I think that uh, maybe in the five to 10 years, we're going to see a big change away from where a lot of people still associate uh, farming with hard work. I think what they're going to do is they're going to actually be looking at uh, sheep farming more around managing production and really showing that we can manage animal welfare. But, but uh, younger people coming back into the industry because they're excited that there's demand for the product. But I think what we're going to see is more and more very switched on bright young people who come in just finding new ways to use information because we know we can produce a good product. I'm sure we can do it more efficiently. The one that's really um, standing out to us is every time somebody from outside of agriculture comes and look at some of these technologies, they seem to be coming up with ideas that we can use. So I'd like to think that in five to ten years, some of those amazing ideas will actually be incorporated and become mainstream on the ground. And what it'll do is it'll make our jobs easier for us. It'll uh, also hopefully make life even better for the sheep in the paddock. But also the thing that I'd, I do believe will happen and a big challenge, um, but I think it will be something that will come over this time is also much more transparency for consumers looking back into the production system, being able to see where their food and fiber has come from and uh, not just traceability on paper, but traceability around land management and, um, and it really comes down to just uh, production principles and values. And I think that in agriculture, we really need to always keep that front of mind that If there's certain things the consumers want, well, we're doing a good job now. Let's use uh, some of this technology to help us tell the story and really capitalize on providing you know, sustainably produced food and fiber. Yeah, no, I agree. And, and you're spot on with that, that um, we will have to find better ways on telling that stories because farmers are doing a wonderful job. It's just not getting enough out there and if this kind of technology will have that would be really great one last aspect i wanted to ask um, because we talked about what technology can do for the farmers and also for the sheep but you briefly mentioned also that you're monitoring like the the soil and the grass what kind of effects can this technology have for our environment will there be improvements as well Yeah, so those sensors that we're using monitoring soil conditions and vegetation conditions, by doing that, we can actually uh, better utilize the grass that we grow and maintain uh, better ground cover, which looks after our soil. We're also using that along with uh, drone-based vegetation maps to monitor our, our remnant native vegetation areas on the farms. And we've, our business, Bralka, has a, uh, a really strong uh, emphasis on environmental stewardship. And what we're finding is by being able to monitor those conditions, uh, live monitoring, but also create historical databases, we can get a much better picture around that native vegetation and even down to water quality. 
and our whole aim is always to uh, to leave the land in the same or better condition than what we started with in our operations and we think that it's the beauty of wool production for us is the two work hand in hand. We're actually repairing native vegetation in remnant areas by grazing sheep there, but also using that information to know when the animals need to be uh, to move on. And if people are interested, they can go to our website and check out some of those environmental sites and some of the imagery of the areas where we're working with. But it, um, it truly gives uh, Fiona and I and our family, our kids, a, uh, a feeling that we are doing the right thing when we look at a, an area and we think, well, it's productive and profitable, but we're also uh, caring for the environment because ultimately uh, veg quality and uh, also water quality, they're key things that uh, we need to look after while ever we've um, got the stewardship of that land. Oh, I love that. And you just mentioned your website. Can you tell us what your website is? Yeah, so just www.bralca.com or if people just uh, Google Bralca Merino Sheep, I'm sure they'll find it. And we've got a whole bunch of links on there to different work we're doing from our uh, education programs through to our environmental programs through to our sheep operation. Excellent. Well, Ben, I'm so glad that we had the technology to talk today and to record this interesting discussion with you because I think it will be really valuable for a lot of people out there who are trying to do something in this area. So I wish you a lot of success and lots of breakthroughs with the technology and thank you so much for your time today. Thanks, Elizabeth. Thank you. Bye. Well, I'm really curious how the future for wool will turn out with all the technology that is available and will be available in the future. If you want to find out more about everything that Ben mentioned in today's episode, then head on over to the show notes at elizabethvandelden.com forward slash 091. Once again, elizabethvandelden.com forward slash 091. Appreciate you listening to the interview today. Talk to you again next week and bye for now.